Hey, it's Seeking Plum. In the Great White North, we don't get a lot of green. Okay, we get green. It just comes late and leaves early, relatively speaking, in relation to the year. So compared to how much white and gray we see, it's so precious, so precious. And in early June, I left for Vegas to support a friend playing in the World Series of Poker and at other events around the city of Vegas. So as you know, Vegas is in the middle of the desert. It is brown, brown. There is some green, but it is not the lush green of summer that I long to see after a winter of gray, black, and white. Since returning home, it's like a balm to the senses from the humidity in the air to the bright and deep blue skies, the green everywhere, flowers and trees, fields. I just, I have a new appreciation every time I come home and every spring for where I live, which refreshed anew a few ideas that I had been thinking about the last few months. And that's the idea that the way that we do architecture, the way that we design our buildings, I think is going to become a bit antiquated and almost rather quickly. And I mean that right now, most of the buildings and most of the rooms inside of those buildings are, are boxes, they're these squares, and they're almost cave-like. Most rooms have at least a window, maybe two, maybe a few more if you're lucky, and that will give us some light, but there's still this square, and it's separating us from the outdoors. It's containing us. Now, you might say, well, that's what it's supposed to do, protect us from the elements, but I think it's doing a bit more than that. I think it can have a negative effect on our work psyche, our learning environment and how we take in information and our emotional states in all of these places. Even where we go to heal, to the hospitals and our doctor's offices. If you keep an eye out, you'll start to see pictures and articles. Even the spaces that you occupy, you'll start to see differences, things that are changing. Depending on the occupied spaces, these changes might be small and incremental. There'll be things that make you think of nature, wind, fire, water, earth. And I don't necessarily mean quite literally, but these could be just color changes for one. They could be feng shui type touches. But as you move into brand new spaces, you're gonna see bigger changes, I think more wide open spaces, a lot of glass to let in the light, but it will be done well so that it's more friendly and warm to you, so that it's not obnoxious to work in or to be in. You may see trees brought inside, and I don't mean small trees, I mean big trees. They may be growing in and through the building. They might be just in the building inside large pots. You may see walls that are full of greenery. I think you'll see more organic spaces and colors. Now, I'm not predicting the future or anything here. I have seen and read several articles of buildings and 
spaces that already are moving in this direction. But I think there are a couple of reasons why this will be or is happening. First, we are obviously surrounded by a lot of concrete when we are in the cities, where a lot of us need to live in order to have employment, etc. And having all of that concrete around us disconnects us from, from so much. So I don't know if you've heard this phrase, but it's called forest bathing, and it's a pastime in Japan. Basically, it just means being in the presence of trees. So en masse, people will have picnics under the cherry blossoms. And the scientists have actually done studies. It lowers heart rates, blood pressure, reduces stress hormone production, boosts the immune system, and improves overall feelings of well-being. Okay, so if being around nature and trees can do so much for us, why don't we bring them inside? Okay, so I have another theory why this may come to be as well. Science and technology are advancing extremely fast, and it's changing how we think, how we interact, and what we do. Here's an example. You may have noticed, if you are a millennial, or if you spend any time with millennials, that they don't really care about hierarchies, which I really appreciate. But here's why, or, or a theory as to why, that I heard recently. When hierarchies exist, you have to first navigate them to figure out who is in which position and jockey for communicating with those people, figuring out where you fit in that hierarchy and how you need to maneuver through it. And pretty much millennials don't have time for that. And that's in large part because they are moving so quickly because they have to. Technology is and they are, their brains work differently because that's how they've grown up. And because baby boomers are used to working within a hierarchy, that's part of the reason why they get frustrated with millennials. Another aspect that has changed with the rapid advancement of technology is our communication. We have spent a lot of time over the last couple of decades using email and then text messages, and we have lost some of the nuances. If you break it down, 93% is nonverbal and only 7% is delivered with words. More specifically, that's 55% using our body and 38% using vocal signals, so things like tone and inflection. And with our body, you can see whether I raise an eyebrow, roll my eyes, lift a shoulder, that kind of thing, <laughs> whether I blush or not. And these are really more obvious because there's a lot more that is more subtle. So in using technology to communicate largely in written form, then we've lost 93% of how we typically communicate. I just wrapping my head around that is wild. No wonder there are so many confusing conversations and miscommunications particularly because our vocabulary has not expanded for this new way of communicating. We haven't learned to express our nuances via words. Because we've lost this 93% of 
communicating with each other, interacting with each other, we are essentially being very robotic with each other. Yes, it's an overgeneralization, but you get what I mean. So parenthetically, I do think that audio has a place in the future. And now, I think it's gonna to continue to grow. But I don't think that the written word is gonna go anywhere. Regardless of whether tech will be able to search audio just as well as it does the written word, we as humans find the written word easier to skim and pull out details than we do being able to sift through a bunch of audio. Don't get me wrong, I think they will definitely both have their place, I just don't think text in itself is going to go anywhere anytime soon. Okay, so back to the point. We've lost that loving feeling, you know? There's a disconnect between us. And to reconnect takes time and effort that we really don't have in the direction that we're headed. But that's interpersonally speaking. If we look at the individual, there's really no time for self-reflection either. As another example, just look at the news over the last couple of years. There is always something new, every few minutes if you will, that's hard to keep up with. It's not just, oh today this happened, or oh this hour this happened. There are too many headlines almost to keep up with. Even on The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, there is a segment that is pretty much just about that. It's called Ain't Nobody Got Time For That. And that's the news. So self-reflection is almost a luxury. Okay, so where does the architecture and design come into this? I think that if we have less time to reflect and to anchor ourselves, then it's even more important to anchor ourselves somewhere. And if that's not to another person, then it really should be to something that can bring us peace, bring us relaxation, and help our health. So for instance, all of the perks of forest bathing, but bringing that indoors. So even if you are in a hurry, but you are moving through that space, you are being affected by it. For students who may have more time, but still a lot of stresses on their plates, this kind of environment can not only bring them more relaxation, help with their learning, but help prepare them for going out into the world as well. A few months ago in the premiere of a new show called Reverie, a character was teaching and training students on things like eye communication, reading body language, all of these things that we have taken for granted because they've been a part of our society, our world for so long, but things that we are losing. These types of classes could end up being something very common in the future and maybe not too distant future. I've heard several times now from individuals and reading articles and in news clips that apps like Calm that focus on meditation, sleep stories, and nature soundscapes 
have had a significant uptick in the last year or two for subscriptions and downloads. And while you may attribute that to the current political climate, it doesn't account for the increase in suicide over the past decade by 30% or the steep climb of advancement in science and technology and how that is affecting us, changing us and our humanity. If we aren't going to take steps to slow certain aspects down, then we need to learn to adapt. Because some things that may appear as a movement or a passing fad may actually be a fast-paced change. Change that will leave its mark and keep right on moving on to the next. Thank you for listening. In today's episode, you heard music from Vortex entitled We Are Saved from the Free Music Archive. It's available under a Creative Commons license. The details can be found in the episode description.